Oh, so we just had a, a bit of fun trying out some various video editing software where they started out as websites and ended up being electron apps running in Chrome. Yeah, because you did a fair bit of research to two big podcasts that also have video and they use two different pieces of software. One's called Descript and a f one's called River. Riverside. I found it a bit clunky. Yeah, I mean, the, the sort of those apps aside, it's interesting how we've sort of come full circle with having client applications or so desktop applications, mm -hmm. from, you know, 25, 30 years ago, yep. that were the predominant way of interacting with the computer to do everything in a web application. And now back to, Hey, that web app is sort of too complicated. We want to run it on the desktop and do weird desktop things. But we don't want to put the effort into building a desktop app. We just want to use Electron. Yeah, it's part of that right once, run everywhere dream, right? Like if we're going to make a desktop app, we want it to work on Windows. We want it to work on the Mac. Maybe we want to have it work on some flavors of Linux. Mm. But like developing a Windows app, developing a Mac app, like you're starting from scratch. Like they're just two totally different things. There's apps like One Password that are sharing a core. They've mm. written their core in Rust, mm. and then they share. Then they write just the just the UI layer on top. Mm. I, I understand from a business point of view why places decide to use Electron, but it, it leads to a pretty poor user experience, right? Because it, different operating systems have very different user interface models, and they you know people expect different things. And they can't all be the same. You end up with just, a significant compromise that degrades the experience for everyone to some sort of fuzzy middle ground. Well, just it just uses like a you like use any of these electron apps, and they use a lot of disk space. Like as things have gotten cheaper, just got some rip spam message. As things have gotten cheaper, so like disk space has gotten ch cheaper, RAM has gotten cheaper. And you know, what, what do we, we software developers use? We just like gobble it up as quickly as we can. So like an electron app can take like 500 big gigabyte on disk and like no one even cares. Mm -hmm. So if you've got like 10 of these things, 20 of these things, 20 gig, you're just like, yeah, whatever. And then like in Ram, like an electron app can use probably, I don't know, just pulling numbers out, out of thin air, but like 500 big, a gigabyte of Ram. Hmm. And, and you're like, well, my computer's got 16 gigs, 32 gigs, whatever. And it's like, oh, it doesn't matter. Like that's just normal now. There was a great meme this last, last fortnight where somebody compared the performance of a Windows 95 era machine to a modern day computer. Yeah. And it was faster back in Windows 95 to start apps up and do things. Yeah, it's probably, like it's kind of sad to think like, but maybe like running one of those operating systems in an emulator on your computer is probably faster than a lot of desktop software today. And it's, it's, it's not because of the hardware; it's because we've just software is just bloated. And the problem isn't just bloat. I think that's one problem. But yeah. the, the the big issue I have is the user experience is now degraded. There was this wonderful yeah. thing back in the day. I remember Windows so Microsoft published the Windows UI guidelines. If you're building a UI application for Windows, this yep. is how they look. This is how a OK dialog looks. The button goes on this side. It is this wide. It is this tall. Uh, yep. Mac OS did similar things. So when you yep. use applications, users were familiar with 
what was in the file menu, how to quit, how to open things, how, how, how to interact with the application. Yeah. Uh, things were consistent, things made sense, they were very discoverable. These, these were very important, fundamental UI design concepts. We yeah. just them all out the door in favor of building it once with Electron and you get yeah. a horrible experience for the user. Well, I think it's, I think it's just normal because you get used to what an Electron experience or web app experience is. So that's just normal to you. So if, if it's missing like what us who grew up on desktop operating systems, if it's missing some of those features, like people don't even realize they're gone, I don't think. Which is yeah, maybe a bit sad, but like uh, like uh, from like so you've got more of a Windows background, I've got more of a Mac background. I'm quite critical of how Apple have stewarded macOS as a platform the past decade. Mm. I think, but like simplifying, they, I think they used to be a leader in UI, and you know macOS was like this pretty amazing thing like 20, 25 years ago, and then obviously they the iPhone came out in two thousand seven, and all their attention went there. And they've just sort of, they haven't been, they used to be quite ambitious and adventurous with UI on Mac OS. Like you'd, mm. you didn't saw the new version, you'd be like, wow, they're like really thinking about this stuff. Like what, where should stuff go? And like, I didn't like all of it. Like even the doc still to this day and certain parts ago, but like they were trying, like they were trying new ideas. Mm. And just in the past like 10 years, they're just like, they're just like, oh, it's, it's good enough. You know, mm. Macs are selling whatever and then like so it's created this like opportunity for these web apps to because they're pushing they're innovating like even if i don't always like what the stuff that comes out there they're still pushing the they're trying the, they're trying new things they're experimenting and mm. and so then that means that when you look at the old the app kit framework which is what i've used to develop apps if you like look at the standard sort of vanilla app that comes out of that it's kind of like feels boring and old-fashioned and it just it feels dated and so that's their fault i think for being a bad steward of the platform mm. yeah yeah we can all do better yeah interesting and and as a result we've turned you know turned our web browser into the operating system in fact it sometimes is the operating system it, you know. yeah if you think you think about what's in a web browser engine, like, you know, like, like I'm quite familiar with macOS. You had the Quartz graphics library. So you had stuff that was inspired by the PDF model and, you know, what, you know, people like Adobe were doing. They just sort of built that into the operating system and they had like really good text rendering and they had really good object oriented frameworks. Mm. And then when you use like a web browser, they've sort of got their own version. They've got their own versions of those things. And so when you have an Electron app, they've sort of got all that there, like all the sort of frameworks that you, like the DLLs and frameworks and stuff that you'd have in an OS. If you peek inside an Electron app, it's like sort of got its own copy of all that stuff. Mm. And there's nothing like technically wrong with it, but it seems kind of wasteful to basically go in like- over and over? Yeah, reinvent everything, yeah. Yeah, WebGL. <laughs> It's just, it's, uh, it's cool technology. Yeah. I, I, in one sense, I'm glad it exists. And I, I like, I don't, you need the freedom of the web. I think it just, it's, yeah, I have, I have complicated feelings about all this. Like, cause I think the app store is being quite like the iPhone app store has had, it's got a lot of negativity. 
it's had a negative effect as well. So it's like all this stuff's complicated, but. Why do you think the app store has had a negative effect in particular on UI design or other elements? On innovation. I think it's had a negative impact on innovation because so on the iPhone, Apple are wanting to keep off like, and again, I'm biased. I haven't, I'm not that familiar with what happens in the play store, but they've tried to keep out a lot of like malware and stuff like that, but they've also mm. tried to, if there's like a, like an app that's very similar to what's built into the OS, they'll be kind of picky and just a pest and keep sort of police those apps. And mm. so. I think what has happened is that people scared to invest in writing new, new apps that are adventurous because mm. they're not sure if they'll, and you can't submit a draft of an, an app idea. So you basically have to build this full, okay, I've got this idea for a Figma competitor or what, I don't know, I've got this idea for this app. Mm. I'm going to invest time in building it and then I'm going to go to the app store review police. And then they're going to tell me it's like in gladiator where the guy's like, you know, doing this. Yeah. And so they, you're just like waiting there and they, then they just end up doing this. And then you're like, well, I've just spent a year investing time and money and stuff in building this app. And then they've just killed it. They've no. Yeah. They've said no. And I've got no alternatives. I've, there's no other way to ship that software. And so. I think Apple have shot themselves in the foot and that that's why the web is so attractive because you don't have that policing. Mm. Mm. I mean, there's, there's some arguments, some debate happening. It's been happening for a while around these app stores uh, are just too, too closed and we need to almost bring the regulators in and get them to force them to be opened. You, you need to almost get the regulators in to make the, make to do apple and google a favor mm. they're, they're shooting themselves in the in the feet i think like they're just mm. the the iphone's been so successful it hasn't needed i'm not saying that the software on the platform is pretty amazing but i think it could be like so much more vibrant than if mm. they didn't limit it like you'd look at like one of the things that makes me a bit sad is that the ipad came out Steve Jobs is like so excited about the multi-touch software and stuff you could do with it. Mm. And then it's, it's sort of dead as a platform now. It's just, it never, that dream didn't, wasn't realized. It's literally the, the bigger phone that people watch YouTube on. That is, yeah. that's all they do. Yeah. And so, I mean, maybe that if he was still around and healthy and willing to put energy in, maybe it could have been something different. I don't know, but like, I feel like it probably would have been. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. We had this last week, the, instead of, you know, going after app stores, regulators are trying to shut down, shut down M&As, right? So the, did you see the one about the Activision deal? I follow a bit. It's, it's, they tried to stop Microsoft buying Activision and uh, that didn't work. They just lost the, so the regulators are going after M&As and they're losing. They're, they're, they're not able to stop them. Yeah, there's, I haven't followed that in depth, but I, I get the sense what they're there's this like trope about big tech and then they've like looked at what they haven't they haven't been happy basically how much power is accrued but then they're like trying to police in ways that doesn't really make any it's very odd yeah i mean if if i I agree that you know some of these some of these big tech companies have too much power that's fine yeah 
stopping M&A actually prevents the innovator, the startup team, the, the small business from having an exit opportunity, right? They, yeah. they, they, you know, they've built something, they want to they sell it at some point and, and get out and make some return. That's, that's their whole model. That's the innovation model. You know, trying to stop that doesn't actually reduce the power of these big monopolies. What you should do is go look at their app store and go look at the actual monopoly businesses they have and say, maybe we should open that up or break that out or do do something a bit different there to reduce their sort of market power there. Yeah, I think that there's a, some of the stuff like this antitrust stuff, it's like, you know, not an expert in any of this stuff, but it, some of the aim of it is to, it's to stop anti-competitiveness. Mm. So, okay, what? So if you want to do that, shouldn't you be trying to increase competition? Mm. Not competition doesn't increase if you go put a target on like Microsoft's back or mm. one of these companies' backs and then start firing bullets at them. Like it, yeah. that doesn't increase competition. Well, you know, and, and if you want to increase competition, just stop the stop the big big fish from destroying the little fish and doing illegal things. So yeah. The one that comes to mind often is, you know, the big fish will have some, some sort of vertical stack of solution and sort of enterprise solution. And the innovator will build some new thing, like a new communication tool or something. And the big fish will just add it for free yeah. into their big yeah. stack. And that type of packaging is, is very anti-competitive. Um, yeah. Stop that stuff or, or yeah. reduce it or do, you know, apply the law. Yeah. Yeah, and I think, and the, the other sort of angle I feel is like the user hostile stuff, like all this tracking and blah, blah, blah. Mm. And again, it just feels like they're just sort of, their parts in the right place, but then the implementation's just like, like, like some of the stuff in the EU, just like, is this making the user experience better? Like, is this better or worse? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, cookie banners. Mm, that's, everyone loves those. Like, <laughs> yeah, I think the EU's done some things pretty good lately though yeah right good calls um, oh yeah you yeah you not the battery stuff the removable battery the removable battery removable battery stuff i, no, I i'm i'm well, you're not I'm a fan not. of that no 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 the one i was a fan of i, I don't i don't follow the battery one too closely yeah. the one i am a fan of is hey USB-C, stop stop making another weird plug and forcing people to use your plug just just let people use the same plug I think like this, I think that's for that one. It's like, I agree on USB everywhere. It's just the, the idea of like how you make that happen. Mm. I'm not sure if I agree with the implementation, like, cause it's like a, what, what, what's the alternative to USB is probably lightning. Like that's the main one. And uh, I don't know. I just, is the is saying like as for, from what i've heard like usb-c is like literally sort of being put into the law like thou shalt use usb-c also yeah. so is that going to bite us in 20 years and we're like usb sucks why are we still what's this, why are we still using this thing yeah, yeah. I mean, it's funny how sometimes the best intentioned yeah. intentions can sometimes can bite you right you gotta be very careful uh, and this is this stuff is really hard uh, yeah I agree. I don't know what the right answer is there, but there's certainly behavior from some companies that is purposefully anti-competitive. Yeah. And you know, where, where it's very, very obvious, I, I, I think there are things we can do, but uh, yeah, wonderful conversation. Yeah. We have about 25,000 other topics, but let's save those for the next one. Yeah. Sounds good. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we'll do this again soon.